We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, we've we've got them in the books. Back-to-back series win, wins. A, a win in the series. Two of them out of three games makes a series win. There we go. Finally, finally found the road I was going down there. Uh, the universe is trolling us a little bit, though, Adam, because uh, previously the Brewers were losing series but winning games mere minutes before we podcasted. Now it's the reverse. They're winning series and then losing the final game mere minutes before we podcast. But you know what? I'll take it. Win series. Uh, put the series wins in the banks. And I'm a happy camper. Yeah, we're team players. We'll take that trade off. We'll we'll bravely, valiantly come on a podcast after a loss. Even if it is a loss, that shouldn't have been a loss. And if the Brewers are, you know, sometimes finding ways to lose games. Um Still, five out of the last seven are wins. Series win over a really, really good team. Can't complain too much, although I'm sure we'll complain a little bit when we get to the third and final game of the series. Yeah, Adam, who would we be if not uh, complainers? Because we've got that deep in our soul, as you know, especially me, because uh, you have access to the DMs that I send you. in the news and notes section of things, the the positive news is, is coming along. Uh, 
more than it usually had been. Last week, we went through all of the guys on rehab assignments and projected when they might come back. Obviously, you've got Wade Miley, Eric Lauer, Jesse Winker, Willie Adamas at the time. He's now back. Um, so the first news in the news and notes is Willie Adamas has been activated by the Brewers, uh, activated for the second game of the series. And option back down to AAA Nashville was Bryce Terang. Coming off of a a really good game, in which he came through with a big hit. But we know on the whole, it has been a struggle for Bryce at the major league level. Uh, I'm not one to think that this will be anything permanent. Um, I think, uh, obviously, he goes to Nashville, kind of resets gets himself into a place where he doesn't have to play with the pressure of being the everyday second baseman. And while Willie Adams was hurt shortstop of a major league baseball team, that's contending for a division title. Um, and then eventually uh, when some other roster moves need to happen, whether it's via injury or poor performance, Bryce will find himself back into the mix in the middle infield uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Bryce seems to have a, a really good mindset in, in going down uh, for this spell. Um, and that, you know, seems obviously we don't know these guys personally. We're not in the locker room asking them questions, but from what we saw via the freshman uh, and what we've known about Bryce in interviews, he seems to be a very level headed uh, chill player. And uh, I think he's got the right mindset to eventually be back with this team. Uh, but, but obviously Adam, you and I were there for the, for the grand slam against the Mets. And uh, we have a lot of uh, fondness for Bryce. So for, on a human level, uh, kind of tough to see him not be with the team for the foreseeable future. You have a Bryce Jersey, right? I do. You watched me get a Bryce Terang Jersey customized. Uh, at the have, store, So I'm, I'm hurting. They have bit. encouraged it. They have encouraged it. May have really pushed Andrew as he tried to get out of that. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed on this. I get why it's happened. It isn't what I would have done in spite of his obvious struggles. I think part of why I would have been prepared to stick with a little bit longer is two reasons. Um, one we're seeing from another one of the rookies in this series, Joey Weimer, which is guys can figure it out. And there is something to having the opportunity to struggle and to come back and to adjust and learn. And particularly for Bryce, this is coming to a time where with Weicho back too, you probably could have kept him up in the majors and not had him have to play every single day, give him a little bit more time to breed and kind of work his way through it. I would have liked to see some of that. And honestly, I think with the makeup of the 40 man and with a couple of the guys who are still up there, I I don't think it makes perfect sense i get why it's happening his offense is not there but the second reason why i'm a little bit disappointed is because the brewers infield defense is just is worse now it's worse for not having bryce Terang around we dare i say already saw a costly example of what happens with different combinations to the ones we got used to of late in a decisive moment in this series so even that as a weapon um was something that was really nice to have. I expect and hope we see him back and hope we see him back very soon. I get why it's happened, but I, I I, wouldn't have made this move. I would have continued to be patient because ultimately I think the upside and the prize here is so much greater from Bryce finding it. And 
his defense is not being a letdown at all, really, at any point. And uh, that's that's giving him something that you can bank on. And with a little bit more pop all around, dare I say, in the Brewers at the moment, you could probably get away with some of his offensive struggles too. And maybe, you know, he struggled worse than most, but the reality is the whole team has kind of been scuffling for the best part of a month, six weeks, and suddenly they're not. It's the kind of moment where you can see it get a little bit contagious. Guys just find a little bit more offense. There's no guarantee. I'm fully, I'll own up to everything I'm talking about is fully in the realms of hypotheticals and, and intangibles. But I, I do think particularly with a rookie, in all sports, patience can be rewarded. You can't just, you can't expect everything to be perfect. I think his defense has been really fantastic. Hopefully he goes back to Nashville and we see him find the bat and make a swift return to the big leagues because to me, he's very much a big league player and should be for many years to come. I think there's a balancing act between letting a guy figure it out at the major league level and also letting him drown to an extent. I think probably where it came down to it is with Weimer. Obviously, he'd been showing signs for weeks that there was a turnaround coming, but also they don't have the luxury of putting anybody else in center field right now. Like they just don't have the guys like Tyrone Taylor's on the IL. Uh, I guess Owen Miller got some time at uh, center field in spring training, but they're not going to run him out there as the everyday center fielder. Whereas you've got just like this litany of guys at second base that are just popping up and performing like you got Owen Miller. We've got the Monasterio uh, hot streak right now that they're trying to ride out. You got Toro who can play second and third. So they're, I assume uh, they're riding out the hot hand on guys like especially Monasterio, who knows what he is as a full-time big leaguer. And then uh, I would hope that within a few weeks of Bryce gets to go to Nashville, play every day, relax, just figure out his swing, figure out his plate approach. And then by that time, uh, Toro or Monasterio has, we've seen exactly what they are at this level. And we know for sure whether or not that decision on the roster is worth keeping uh, Bryce Strang down. And my hunch is that in the long term, or in the medium term even, it won't be, and we'll get Bryce Terang back uh, to, I, I don't know, even even if he, when he comes back, if he's not the everyday second baseman, like you said, I I love the idea of worst case scenario, his value being uh, utility guy, late game defensive replacement. If you get to the end of a game and you need, like you're shoring up that defense, Bryce Terang is the first guy on the team sheet, plug him in at second base, and then you have, Willie and Bryce, obviously the chemistry that we've seen with them at the beginning of the season is something that's been fun to watch that up up the middle defense. So, uh, yeah, hope he's back very soon. Uh, there's one other bit of news that's – or a couple other bits of news, Adam. Uh, you know, I have a tendency to drag these things out. Apologies for that. Uh, regarding the farm system, uh, Jacob Mizorowski was promoted from the Carolina Mudcats to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. So – Mizorowski moving up the system. I think he was uh, added to the top 100 of Baseball America's latest prospect update. So exciting news there. Also, uh, Tyler Black of the Biloxi Shuckers has a 28-game on base streak. So Tyler Black, a guy whose early career has been marred by injuries, uh, starting to get regular playing time and and stay healthy um, for Biloxi and is doing... uh, one of the things we really like, he's getting on base. So don't know if you had any other thoughts about those two items or anything else that's going around the edges of the Brewers and not related to uh, the three games we're about to talk about. 
No, love the love the progress. Love seeing positive reports from some of the more um not even just highly touted prospects, but I, I think in those two guys' cases, prospects are positions of need in a you know, a not very long term sense. Tyler Black is certainly someone who could factor in. In the same way, Bryce Tarang. I mean, that's also part of my concern with Bryce Tarang and making sure that this is the right decision and hopefully it pays off and he finds it again in Nashville. But we all are aware of what the reality probably is of Willie Adams' future with the Brewers. And the infield is going to start to shift and look quite different pretty pretty soon. Um, starting pitching, we also know the situation with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And I certainly hope that at least one of those guys is going to be sticking around. But this team needs starting prospects and has for a little while now. Some of the, the pitchers that were kind of earmarked for that role, Ethan Small being an example, that hasn't worked out and isn't even working out now in a bullpen role. So early days on that front, but very encouraging signs. Really only hearing good things at this point. So yeah, always ex- always exciting when the Brewers Farm delivers good news and of late, I mean, that's a that's a real constant. Things are going very, very well in the Brewers system. All right, Adam, shall we move on to the three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles? Let's do it. All right, so game one of this series on a Tuesday evening, Kyle Gibson against Freddie Peralta. The Brewers score early in the first inning. Brian Anderson singles to score. Christian Yelich, Brewers go up one nothing. Abraham Toro follows with a single of his own to make it 2-0, scoring William Contreras. In the second inning, the Baltimore Orioles would get right back into this game. Aaron Hicks, uh, a New York Yankees cast-off and a hitter that has been red-hot since joining the Orioles. Uh, I guess you go from one NL or AL East team with insane fans that are too hard on you to an AL East team. Uh where that isn't the case, and, you know, maybe you can flourish. I don't know, small sample size so far. But that makes it 2-2 in the third on the Hicks home run. This game would go scoreless for a while after that. Brewers would get a scoreless inning from Elvis Paguero on the mound as he continues to look excellent. But then in the seventh inning, uh, off of Yoel Piamps, Ryan O'Hearn homers to left field to make it 3-2. Then in the eighth inning, coming up big in a clutch spot against Yenier Cano, who is one of the filthiest relief pitchers in baseball, along with Felix Bautista. They're back into the bullpen in Baltimore. It's just insane. Bryce Terang comes up with a big single to score Blake Perkins to make it 3-3, extending the game. We'd get a scoreless uh, inning from Trevor McGill to follow that in the eighth. Devin Williams provides a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. And then in the tenth inning, uh, after some Manfred Ball work from Peter Strzelecki to keep it scoreless, a walk and two strikeouts to get out of the tenth. Joey Weimer continues his hot stretch, singles to left field to score Andrew Monasterio. Brewers win in walk-off fashion, 4-3. to three. A game that uh, seemed like it was uh, going to be put to rest at the hands of that nasty back into the bullpen, but Bryce Terang, right before leaving town, uh, provides a, a spark to keep the game alive. And then Joey Weimer, the man with the beautiful mullet, comes through with a walk-off single. I went to sleep at the end of the seventh inning in this one, Andrew, and I was not expecting to wake up to good news. The game really did feel like it was trending in Baltimore's direction. 
um, and that they wouldn't be letting their their grip slip at all on it. So it was very, very exciting when I did wake up to all caps Joey Weimer messages from you. Um, this is really just the appetizer for what Joey Weimer had in store for us, but uh, a kind of a nice sprinkling of what we have been seeing more of, which is he's picking the right pitches, he's finding his pitch, and he's hitting it, and he's finding all all parts of the field and all corners of the field. This was absolutely perfectly judged. And, yeah, what a way what a way to start the series off against a good team, too. And I don't think we can underestimate this, particularly when we see how things go on. You lose one that you should have won otherwise. There is something to good team. You're feeling good. You've come off with a long overdue kind of commanding series win. Go find a way to eke out the first one, take that game, and then I guess you can set up some of what's to come. Because if this goes the other way, we might be looking at a very different outcome to the series overall and feeling very differently about the Brewers. But this this is really the start of building momentum on top of what they did against the Reds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, and this, uh, I mean, this was, the first game of the series was all thin margins as well. Uh, Joey Weimer makes that great play in center field um, in the third inning, I think, that Robbed the Orioles of probably two runs. Uh, 
Luis Arias made a, a, a diving play at second base when I think in the eighth to end an inning, Abraham Torrey made a nice play at third base. So uh, a game that was there for the taking for either team. And then, like you said, uh, Joey Weimer rising to the occasion, uh, Bryce Terang rising to the occasion, and then uh, <laughs> the bullpen uh, being locked in in those, those tight late innings. Moving on to the second game of this series, this game uh, was never in doubt, really, once we got to the, the middle of the game, as the Brewers scored early, scored often, and really piled it on, and then also got an absolutely vintage performance from Corbin Burns. Like, this was Cy Young, Corbin Burns on the mound, uh, and it was fantastic to see, taking on Dean Kramer. Uh, Willie Adamas, as we mentioned, returns to the lineup, and in his first at-bat, homers to dead center field to make it one nothing. In the third, the start of what was an absolutely magical day, we saw the mullet flying around the bases so often in this game. Uh, Joey Weimer homers to right center field to score himself, and Victor Caratini makes it three to nothing after the third. In the fourth, uh, hey, when it's going for you, it's going good. Joey Weimer gets jammed on an inside pitch. Doesn't matter. Single to right field scoring. Brian Anderson makes it four nothing. In the uh, Fifth inning, a John Singleton double scores Owen Miller. That makes it 5 nothing. Brian Anderson follows with a single to center to score Singleton to make it 6 nothing. In the seventh, Andrew Monasterio getting in on the action. Double to right field to score William Contreras to make it 7 nothing. In the seventh, Victor Caratini hits a sacrifice fly to make it 8 nothing. score Brian Anderson. In the seventh, Joey Weimer again, a home run to left field to score himself and Andrew Monasterio. It is 10 nothing after the seventh. Joey Weimer can do no wrong and... Corbin Burns is out there absolutely shoving eight innings pitch, two hits, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, living on the edges, uh, striking batters out, making the miss. Uh, just a, all in all, a uh, pretty tremendous performance from up and down the lineup, and most notably Corbin Burns and Joey Weimer. Yeah, both guys absolutely starred, put on the best possible performances. A uh, couple of notable details for both of them. Uh, recent guest in the show, Kurt Hogue, tweeted out that Corbin Burns threw one pitch in this game on a three-ball count, which uh, that will get it done. <laughs> that's that's pretty good, and it, it is also, I think, instructive when we compare it to a lot of the work that Corbin has had to do this season. He hasn't had that luxury, but just throwing strikes with ease in this game Get some deep into the game. One of these days, Andrew, or maybe not. I mean, maybe it might take a different manager. Maybe it won't happen with the Brewers at all. But I was going to say, Craig might just let Corbin try to go for for a nine scoreless. I he could have done it here. I really think this this could have been the one. So. Uh, interesting, interesting call, and good job that the lead was as big as it was. Because given the call and who was brought in to uh, to replace Corbin, there there was there was a little bit of yeah, discomfort given for the Brewers. As for Joey Weimer, one of the best, if not the best, individual performance we've seen from a Brewer this season. Also, his own slice of Brewers history: uh, eleven total bases in this game for Joey Weimer, which is a franchise record for the most by a rookie in a single game, um, overtaking the whole slew of guys on 10, including rock who uh, got to talk a little bit about it on the broadcast and was unaware that he was up that high in any brewers leaderboard. So he was just, just pleased to see his name there, but Joey Weimer now holds that 
particular piece of Brewers history. Yeah, and another a bit from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, after last night's game, uh, or the night before, as you're listening to this, over his last eight games, Weimer was batting 481 with a 531 on base percentage, a thousand slugging percentage, three homers, four doubles, four walks, 11 balls hit 100 miles per hour or harder than that stretch. He is squaring up the baseball and hitting it hard, which is something he wasn't doing the first month and a half or so of the season. And that is just, that's the guy that uh, in the offseason, uh, again, we'll mention Kurt Hogue again, kind of wrote a broke breakdown of every rookie on the team. And this version of Joey Weimer is what you dream on being a perennial all-star, um, providing you a gold glove defense in center field and hitting mammoth home runs. Uh, shall, shall we move on to game three, Adam? Let's do it. All right, Colin Ray on the mound against Kyle Bradish. And it, it started very well for the Brewers uh, after uh, Christian Yelich walked and Willie Adamas singled up the middle. A rowdy Tolesa ground out made it one nothing Brewers. Owen Miller followed with a single to right field to score Adamas. Uh, John Singleton then singled to left field to make it 3 nothing, scoring William Contreras. So 3 nothing Brewers after the first inning. They would get then get... A great performance from Colin Ray. Goes five innings, just allows three hits, uh, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. The big thing for Colin Ray, he looked awesome on the mound. For his credit, Kyle Radish really settled in after that tough first inning. Wound up with five innings pitch, six hits, the three runs in that first, just one walk, and then ten strikeouts. So really held the Brewers' offense down after that. And then in the seventh, off of Yale Pineapps, Ramon Arias, so Luis's brother. Obviously, that was a, a storyline, the uh, the whole series, and Ramon definitely got the better of that matchup in terms of individual performance in this series. That home run to right field made it 3-1. to one. In the eighth is where things would get a little hairy. Adley Rutschman reached on an infield single, advanced the second on a Luis Arias throwing error. Uh, Anthony Santander follows with a double to right field to make it 3-2. to two. Gunnar Henderson follows with a homer to left, scoring himself in Santander. That makes it 4-3 Orioles. The three-run lead uh, wiped out on a solo homer in the seventh, a double in the eighth, and then a two-run homer in the eighth. Uh, the solo homer coming off of Yol Pimes in the seventh, and then all the damage in the eighth coming off of Peter Strzelecki. Uh In the ninth, Adam Frazier would double to right to score Aaron Hicks and Jorge Mateo. Bryce Wilson uh, allowed that damage. He threw an inning, two hits. Two runs there, both earn a walk and no strikeouts. From that point on, um, the Brewers in the eighth with a lead now to try and grab back. Cano and Felix Bautista uh, reverted back to being the dominant versions of themselves. Cano throws two-thirds scoreless, um, and then Bautista throws a scoreless ninth with two strikeouts. Brewers had a lead, lost the lead. Great work from Colin Ray and Elvis Peguero to to try and... Uh, make it last, but back half of the bullpen just did not get it done. And uh, there you go. I think uh, a lot of us were hoping that after the error and the precarious nature of the situation of the eighth, that we'd see Devin Williams for a multi-out or a multi-inning save again, but it was not to be. And the Brewers dropped this one 6-3, kind of counterbalancing their, their comeback win on Tuesday. Just a lot of mistakes um, across the board that give away a game that you should have won, starting with Craig Council pulling Colin Ray when he did. I don't know if Colin Ray could have given you another full inning, but it's one of those where if he gets you one more out, two more outs, 
the trickle-down effect of that might be that Devin Williams comes in a little bit earlier. Um, that maybe maybe you're not going to Peter Strzelecki, depending how far. I One thing that I'm, I've been thinking about lately, and I know this season has not been last season. There have been real ups and downs. But Hobie Milner is not pitching very often at all. It's strange because there was a stretch where it's like we didn't see a series without him getting two appearances, and he, hasn't he was he was being all. burned out, and I I do think that ultimately was probably affecting his performance. Now it's the opposite. If we see him once in a series, like that's it. And I think it's time to maybe give Hobie a shot and maybe look a little less to Peter Strzelecki. And it's again it, those things kind of feel connected because Strzelecki is getting treated somewhat like Hobie did, and he's having an up and down year. And I think because they were the guys who had already earned Craig's trust coming into the season, there's maybe a tendency to just lean a little bit more on them. Um, and we've seen the ups and really more to so the downs of that with both guys. But we've reached a point with Hobie where I'm like, I don't think he just deserves to be out of here at all when you look at some of the other guys who are getting used quite frequently. I think... Uh... I think the inability to find another left-hander on the roster is making Craig be a little more hesitant to get him into situations that aren't just like, okay, we have a big stretch of lefties coming in. Let's go with Hobie. Because I forgot to mention what made me think of this is I even forgot to mention, I was so high on life talking about Joey Weaver and Corbin Burns that the Orioles did score two runs in that uh, middle baseball game when Bennett Sousa came on to pitch oh, tonight. I, I alluded to it. Don't worry. I, I made sure to allude okay, to my, that. My bad. I was just like riding on a cloud that looked like Joey Weimer's mullet so that's my bad I apologize <laughs> I I just I think that's a that was a mistake in this game it's one pulling Colin Ray when you did at least have him go out there and try see how the six goes because he looked really really good and I don't I don't feel like it looked like he was about to you know fall off a cliff um then you get the obvious the error from Weicho which really bad throwing error um super super unnecessary really really felt unforced that's very very disappointing and strozeki hasn't got it and he kind of gives it away for you um in a way that is kind of typically strozeki too because <laughs> i mean he finishes his outing with three k's so it doesn't it doesn't really make a difference it's like oh yeah okay if you know, any any pitch that works or if he's finding the strike zone or if he's not leaving one hanging, if he's getting his placement right, yeah, good luck hitting it. But then three hits as a counter that aren't much use either. So very, very inconsistent. Bryce Wilson, I cut some slack because it just feels like, yeah, uh, fair enough. Every now and then, I think there's going to have to be some of these because Bryce has been way, way too good, <laughs> honestly. Um, that's got to normalize somewhat. And if this is the kind of gradual way it does it, fair enough. But uh, I do think there were some decisions from Craig that I wasn't crazy about. And I, I will, I mentioned to you off air, we don't do too much this anymore, but I'll bring it to the air, Andrew. Um, I, I think a Craig Council mistake in this game is Luis Arias at third, on Miller at second. There's, there's no good reason for that. Um, we have talked now over the season and a half-ish of our podcast about some of the concerns and some of the inconsistencies of We Show out there at third base. 
And you look at how good Owen Miller has been a third. You look at how good Brian Anderson has been a third. You could have worked multiple different combinations with this lineup, and you could have had, you could have put uh you could put Miller out in right field and Brian Anderson a third if you wanted either. I he had two options with the exact same lineup of players and have Weicho at second, which just feels like a much much better spot for him. Um, and I. I really look, everyone can make a mistake. We saw Brian Anderson have a couple of kind of iffy moments at third base last week. But I don't think either of those guys are blowing a throw that was pretty straightforward like that. Well, I'll say what my take on the whole situation is I want to see, I know we're trying to get Miller in the lineup. So fine. Let's see what he's got in right field. I want Anderson at third because uh, I think he's the only one making it out on that play i don't think miller or i don't think miller makes Maybe. the error necessarily because i think he puts it in his pocket uh or makes but but or anderson's throwing arm at third base is just such a weapon on some of those balls coming in uh where he just bare hands it and then rifles it so i wonder if there is some interest in doing something like that and uh I don't know. It doesn't seem like it, but I, they've got options and and maybe they tried out. I've always, I've long thought that Arias's best defensive position is going to be second base for the long term. Uh, but it seems there's going to be some moving around and shifting around to to see what they want. But I think the best infield defense is definitely has Anderson at third and then Miller Ruizio at second. And then, you, but you got to figure out how to keep Miller's bat in the lineup until um he stops hitting and Weicho has not hit in his week back. So it's uh it's a tough call, but I think the the one thing that I want to see is uh the left side of that defense be Adamas and, and Anderson because I think this their their throwing arms just save a lot of infield hits and take that luck factor away and really helps the pitching staff. Yeah, that's all completely fair. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the solutions are crazy outside the box. I really like. They're not things that haven't been done already or done regularly, and I, I think it's it the simplest one, which isn't giving you Anderson a third, but simply switching Miller and Anders or Miller Miller and Weicho there. I'm good just with that Seems too. so yeah. obvious, and uh, honestly, if you just gave me those names on a sheet of paper before the game. I don't think it would have occurred to me to put them the other way around because I just kind of, we maybe that's just because we've seen a lot more of Al Miller a turd, it feels like, and he's being really good there too. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think feel like that, Miller's that, that's, that's something that the what? safe play either at either spot. So I feel like, and he'll have the outstanding one from non time, but he, he hasn't struck me as someone that's ever going to, hurt you by messing up the routine play because we even saw Weicho do that at second base uh, earlier in the series as well. So, And then he made the outstanding play to get out of the inning. So it's just, he's the conundrum because he'll make the outstanding play and then the routine seems to keep him down. Whereas uh, Miller just seems like such a safe pair of hands at either spot. And then Anderson's got the rifle uh, throwing arm. So a lot of decisions to be made over the next few weeks for sure. Yeah, and Miller's outstanding plays at third come from athleticism. It's like the the best we've seen of him at third, or the most eye catching is like kind of ball drilled down the line that he's able to dive and get to. So you ha- you have options like between him and Anderson. Even you could just have two very different types of strong defensive third baseman. 
I wonder, do we see, like, because we chose just back, like, and this is going to be a, a recurring decision. That's, are we going to see Craig just experiment and play around with different combinations? Like, is this just what he happened to go with today? Or is this how he sees them? We're going to see this all the time. We'll find out. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking you're right on the mix and match. See what you got, because we have not seen Arias as a member of this infield slash right field mix. So he doesn't know what he's got as much as we don't know what he's got in terms of how these combinations will play. Uh, should we move on to the Master Brewer leaderboard? Sure. All right, Adam, we're going to start this out by doing uh, something we've only done once this season, once in the history of a podcast. Uh, Joey Lemur, three beers on the board, six for 13, a double, two homers, two runs, six RBI. We were talking off air. You'll see how the sausage is made, folks, uh, about uh, – that's actually coming to our Patreon page where you just see me and Adam before and after the podcast is chopping it up. You can just see what we talk about. Doesn't that sound like just great content? Um, but the thing about Joey Weaver, the great performance, the walk-off hit, the two homers in a game, but also the comment I made earlier about the Brewers not having the luxury of finding someone else to fill the center field position. So the way he has stepped up over the last few weeks at a time when they've needed it most, coinciding with some injuries like Willie Adamas going out of the lineup coinciding with Rowdy Telez slumping and that him giving them that rock solid defense and center making outstanding plays and then really finding it at the plate uh for the first time in his major league career I just think you you can't maybe I am overstating it but I don't I can't I don't think you can overstate the value of what he's done the last few weeks that's all fair I, I have no arguments with that I mean, I add to that, and it's not the same as Willie Adamas or Rowdy Tellez, and it's the the Tyrone Taylor's back and Tyrone Taylor's mm. gone, which again, like that's your that could have been the Weicho moment for Joey Weimer in a Bryce Tarang esque way, you know, if if the more experienced, steady outfield hand came back and was healthy and showed some competence they're like well you've been struggling let's send you back to nashville and we'll see how that goes but tyron taylor coming back one not really impressing all that much um his defense being the thing that he was doing best and that was out in right field and then two getting injured yeah makes joey at center all the more important great if I, if I was hyperbolic, anyone, feel free to tase me. Anyway, um, Corbin Burns, two beers, eight innings pitch, no walks, two hits, no runs, nine strikeouts. Just looked fantastic. Colin Ray, a single beer, five innings pitch, a walk, three hits, eight strikeouts, no runs. Willie Adams, welcome back, and his first game back goes homer, double, singles again today, so three for nine, a double, a homer, two runs, an RBI. Christian Yelich lived on the base paths and hit those opposite fields doubles with regularity, five for 12, two walks, three doubles, two runs. William Contreras looked good in the series, four for 10, one walk, a double, three runs. Ryan Anderson, four for 12, a walk, two runs, two RBI. Victor Caratini keeps racking up the single game beers. Uh, two for two, a run, an RBI. Uh, and also, obviously, him and Corbin seem to have some great chemistry in that pitcher-catcher relationship. So seeing him be that locked in with Vic behind the plate, I think that's something as well. Bryce Terang. Gets a beer on his on his way back to Nashville. Hope to see him again soon. Two for four, a walk, a triple, and the RBI that tied the game in the eighth. Elvis Peguero, two innings pitch, no walks, one hit, no runs, one strikeout. Leaderboard through 63 games. Devin Williams, 
Uh, oh, Devin Williams got a beer spell. Sorry, one inning. Uh, no base runners, two strikeouts. Um, Devin continues to perform in the limited opportunities that he gets, and he's looked great. Um, 15 beers for him leading the way. Joey Weimer now in second with 11 after his monster series. Peter Szeslecki and Brian Anderson with 10. Kristen Yelich, Bryce Wilson, and Rowdy Telez with nine beers. Corbin Burns, Owen Miller, Joel Pimes, William Trares with eight. Elvis Peguero and Bryce Turan with six. Victor Caratini, Hobie Milner, Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, Garrett Mitchell, Colin Ray with five. Adrian Hauser with four. Julio Tehran, Jesse Winker, Eric Lauer, Jake Cousins with three. Blake Perkins, Trevor McGill, Brandon Woodruff, Gus Varlin, Javi Guerra, Tyron Taylor, Andre Monasterio with two. Luke Voigt, Mike Brasso, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, Abraham Toro with a single beer. Adam, I uh, at one point I was thinking I was going to have to go to the supermarket to get more beer because I was not going to be able to to hand out all of the beers that we handed out today. We did we did hand out a lot still. That's five to two guys, so you know, uh, call an Uber, drive responsibly if you consume uh, these beers. I you executed that joke very well to me earlier in the DM, and I laughed. I wish you'd saved this. So you could have got the on air laugh. But I think it's a really mm. it's really good. So want to tip my hat to you for that. Uh, I just just had one detail because I know you had the misfortune of not being able to get uh, the home broadcast this week for blackout nonsense reasons or whatever. It was awful, by the way. I appreciate Jeff and B.A. and Rock and Sophia and Tim Dillard, uh, Vinny Rotino, everybody, all of them. Appreciate you so much. God, Masson is awful. Well, to, to add to your Corbin and Caratini chemistry note, um, Corbin was interviewed from the dugout today um, on the broadcast and BA was asking him about when did he know that the cutter was working I said he had the cutter which is obviously it's a slightly loaded question because we know the cutter hasn't necessarily been working at all in some of his starts of late um, and he was asking you know was it in the bullpen before the game and Corbin said no that's always just loosening up you don't really you don't really know anything until you're in the game and he he credited Caratini, as he said, like when we came out of the first, Vic said to me straight away, like the cutter, today is the cutter day. And we just went to it over and over again. So that's the kind of stuff I guess you just expect from a good catcher. And catcher's got a good relationship with the pitcher. But yeah, I do think it speaks to something of uh, a bond and an understanding developing between those two guys that. Hopefully we see continue to bring the best out of Corbin Burns over the months ahead. Because if we get more starts like this, the Brewers will win a whole bunch more games. That's a that's a nice fun fact. I'm always glad when the nonsense I spew can be backed up by something. Uh, shall we look ahead uh, to the, the series that's coming up, Adam? Let's do it. All right, so the Milwaukee Brewers, 34-29, and 29, now with a one-game lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are 32-29. and 29. Uh, we'll just go through the standings in general. 29 and 34 Reds are five games back. Cubs are seven games back. And the Cardinals, who lost two out of three, I believe the Texas Rangers are eight games back. So uh, how about the Reds, by the way? I know we always talk about, oh, you know, big prospect going up just in time for the Brewers. In fact, this time around, we timed it unbelievably well. Yeah, that was that was beautiful until until today's game. Everything was breaking in the Brewers way in a way that. You know, we have not felt the same way in the last year. Even the first inning today, all of those singles just finding gaps. Like, uh, you know, eventually something had to go off track. But Ellie De La Cruz is terrifying. Like, he's he's going to be nasty. Like, the sprint speed, the 
on the triple or whatever. He hit a homer. Like, man, that guy's going to be good. Um, we, we see him to close out the first half. He comes down found, I believe, for the final three games of the first half. Well, let's uh, let's hope they can uh, survive that. It's one player. It, it'll be fine. Uh, next up on the horizon, a team that I've got a lot of great respect for, um, especially Ryan Noda, Brent Rooker, and Este Ruiz. They're, you know, my guys. They just finished hey, uh, taking. Put some, put some respect on Jace Peterson's name. Jace Peterson. I forgot about him. Forgot about Jace Peterson, who had a, a great series against the Pirates. The Oakland Athletics coming off of uh, taking two out of three games in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. Uh, 14 and 50 record on the season. So nice work by the two, A's. Two homer, five for five game for Jace to get the Brewers back in first place, the NL Central. Thank you, Jace. We, appre- we appreciate him. And, and now, you know, we we put our hands up and we respect the opponent coming to AmFam. Like, you know, you, the Brewers, they got to go in and they got to take care <laughs> of business. They got to they gotta earn these games. Uh, it, That's what I'm going to say. Got to earn it. Uh, six, seven, ten central start. Adrian Hauser against Luis Medina. Uh, Saturday, June 10th, 310 Central start. Julio Tehran against Paul Blackburn. And then Sunday, June 11th, 110 Central start. Freddie Peralta against J.P. Sears. So a three-game set against the Athletics. And then the a quick two-game trip uh, to Minnesota to play the Twins. Uh, a Monday, Thursday off day this week. And then three games against the Pirates at AmFam, followed by three games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So uh, an interesting week coming up, Adam. I'm actually going on vacation with my family next week. So the first time in my life, I'm okay to have two Brewers off nights. Normally, I need it like uh, I need coffee in the morning. But uh, yeah, for, for once, you know, maybe I'll go put my toes in the sand uh, like Zach Brown got to sing uh, at the end of that really long Reds-Brewers game of last week. Wow, what what a pro you are! That's that's all left to say to that. What a pro Andrew has become, isn't he good at this? Um, yeah, yeah, a couple of nights off, good for us, good for everyone, good for the Brewers. Let's just take care of business between now and then. That's that's all I gotta say. I'm I'm not gonna make any calls this time because I keep calling for them to to just you know get us a full set, and they they come up one short. But who knows what will happen this time? Yeah, I think that pretty much does it for us for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's Cruising for a Bruising. You should also subscribe to the rest of the GSPN shows. You've got the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to all things Milwaukee books. The most recent episode up there is a winning six episode with myself and Jordan Tresky on Adrian Griffin's introduction as head coach, the press conference, uh, Terry Stott's hire, and we'll have We'll have more books pods soon. I would say probably beginning of next week. Plenty of news today. Assistants being hired. Chris Middleton having had surgery. All kinds of things. If you want to hear about all of that, here's that podcast network. That's the feed for you. Talking to Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. A week off this week, but Jordan and Numac will be back before you know it to keep you on top of all things Packers. And over on Make Time for This, our feed for everything pop culture um just around the time this drops or just after there will be an episode on the films of paul schrader his most recent film master gardener and andrew and i are very excited to have that conversation in uh, just a couple of minutes time so yeah make sure you check that one out too yeah pretty much does it until next time thanks again to all of you for listening 
Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.